And uh, I am not the regular pastor. Pastor Kerry and his family are are back in the Midwest uh, visiting with, with family there. And we trust enjoying that. The last I saw, somebody was spread out on the airport floor sleeping. So I don't know what happened since then. But uh, I trust that they made it and are having a great time. And uh, Pastor Kerry will be back in a couple weeks. Uh, Mike, you're up next week. Uh, Pastor Kerry kind of asked us just to fill in these next two weeks. And uh, so that's why I'm standing up here. Okay. Uh, well, I just love Tiffany's fingers. You know, it's good. Oh, you draw him up closer, you know. As, yeah, I mean, I could hardly, you know, come up closer. Wow. I don't know. So, well, this morning, it's, since I am not Pastor Kerry, things will look a little bit different. And some of you have heard me before and you say, yeah, I know it's going to be a lot different. <laughs> okay? But that's all right. I do want to do something this morning that... Um, I guess a longing in my heart is as we come into a gathering like this, a, a time to worship our Lord, that, that we really spend some time concentrating on him. And, and we do that in song. Uh, but I want to read some scripture, and I w- at least kind of a prayer that comes off some scripture. And I wonder if you could join with me uh, just in spirit. Oh, the depth of the riches, both the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable your judgments and your ways past finding out. For who has known the mind of the Lord? Who has been your counselor? Or who has first given to you that you should repay them? For from you and through you and to you are all things. To you, Lord, be the glory forever and ever. From Revelation, hallelujah. Salvation and glory and power belong to our God because his judgments are true. Righteous. These words also taken and adapted from Scripture might be a prayer of ours for renewal. May the name of the Lord Jesus be magnified in my life. In view of God's mercy, May I present my body as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, which is my reasonable service for him. And then if you would join with me in prayer for just a moment. Lord Jesus, I pray for this church. I ask, Lord Jesus, that you would make it all that you want it to be in the way that you want it to be, looking the way you want it to be, a people drawn together to worship and glorify your name, a people drawn together to to learn about you, to be strengthened in community and in your word, 
to go out then and share in the community around us and around our homes the love of Jesus Christ, that we might honor and praise you as a unified community while we are here and then as we would go out into our daily lives. I pray for Pastor Kerry and Melissa and the family. I ask, Lord, that you would give them a time of refreshing while they are away, that you would renew them and strengthen them and empower them as they would return to serve you in this location. I ask, Lord Jesus, that you would be with our national leaders who need divine guidance. They need to hear from you. May they submit their ways to you and their actions to you. May their thoughts turn to you and they call upon you for wisdom. Lord, we are seeing many, many things happening around the world, as Mike mentioned, and and sometimes we can become confused as to what our actions ought to be, what our thoughts ought to be. Big in the news today is that of immigration, uh, as immigration is taking place across the world, and, and it seems, Lord, that you are moving the nations, and we wonder what this means, what our response ought to be. From our colleagues, Lord, that serve in, in different lands, we, we hear of nations that are feeling grateful and proud that they can welcome in refugees and serve them and honor them where the history of their country has been that of mostly shame. So, Father, we ask what you are doing and what our response should be to your moving of the nation. We have been guided by your scripture that we are to love and to reach out and to care for those who are in need. So, Lord, work in our hearts that our heart might be aligned with your heart and not with that of what comes upon the the media, the news. So, Lord, Hear our prayer. Guide us, we ask. In Christ's name. Amen. Well, this is a time of year we, we tend to do some reflection, huh? We'll see all this week, you know, what's happened in 2015. And uh, as we expressed just a few moments ago, there have been some good things. There have been some hard things and, and things that uh, we would have rather not experienced. And uh, those things which have just brought great joy to our lives. And uh, in recent years, I have heard from a number of pulpits this whole idea about making New Year's resolutions is a bad thing. I, I don't know why. Okay, I just uh, I don't know why. Now, maybe... If we're going to make a New Year's resolution, we're going to say, I am going to do this. And we have in, in our minds that I am going to do this. I'm going to make my life better or I'm going to do whatever. And I'm going to do it in my strength, in my power. And I'm going to do what I think is right. Then maybe those New Year's resolutions should be done away with. 
On the other hand, if we say, I want to align myself more with God, be more committed to my church and my community, I want to reach out, I want to become I want to have a better prayer life, and this is the way I want to do it, and I want to do it by the power of the Holy Spirit within me as I submit to Him, well, then I think maybe a New Year's resolution is okay. It really kind of depends upon where our focus is. I do think we ought to take time, and in the Scriptures we find that that there were times to, to remember and to think back and to look ahead and and. In our culture, this is a time that we can do that. Well, I just recently had a birthday. And, you know, anytime you have a birthday, it's kind of, you know, especially when you get my age, you kind of think about, whoa, I'm this old? How did that happen? In my mind, you know, I I used to hear older people say this, okay? In my mind, I feel like I'm 20. I can do it. And my body tells me I can't. (laughs) My wife has the handicap license plate. I think at times I'm the one that needed it as I get out and hobbled, you know, and I can't walk, and it's just. And so when I reached... My birthday this past year, the past couple of years, it's been happening. I don't know why it happens. It just does. And I think, well, my dad lived to be 67. So that means this year I have kind of about four years left. <laughs> no, I mean, really, it, it kind of you say it's like, well, that's what that would mean. If I lived to be as long as my dad lived, I would have about four years. What do I want those four years to be? Now, if I live as long as my mom, oh, oh I got another 30. <laughs> uh, some of us were talking this morning and, you know, uh, family and you get that age. You don't, you don't, so why am I still around? Well, one of the reasons I think that the Lord does allow us to stay around is we need to show those younger than us, how do you live out your life? down to the last days in glorying and honoring Jesus Christ. How do we live for him? Who's going to model that? Unless it's those of us who would get older and all that stuff. (laughs) So I don't know how many years you have left or I have left, and I may not have four years left. I may have 30. But how am I going to live 2016? So I do believe it's valuable to kind of take stock. What have I been doing? What should I change? What do I want to do in the year to come? An old preacher that um, by the name of Vance Havner is the one I first heard say it. I know others said it before, but I don't know who. But I do remember Vance Havner say it. And he said, only one life will soon be passed, and only what's done for Christ will last. Only one life will soon be passed. And you and I can testify to the fact that, you know, it it seems to go quicker and quicker. Only one life will soon be passed, 
Only what's done for Christ will last. Now, I just have a sneaking suspicion that that, may, that, those, that kind of thought may change how we ought to live 2016. So this morning, I want us to look at 2 Timothy, the book of 2 Timothy. Mike asked me, what are you going to preach on next week? I said 2 Timothy. This is a whole thing. So Carrie usually finishes up what? About, you know, but I'm going to preach the whole book. <laughs> All right. So here we go. Now, Timothy, the book of 2 Timothy, uh, it's just an interesting book. I mean, it's just, yeah, okay, Say, tell us something new, okay? This is the book of the Bible. Of course it's interesting, right? Okay, so, but Paul wrote this letter, writes it to Timothy, writes it to Timothy to speak to the church in Ephesus, but Paul's once again find, finds himself imprisoned in Rome under the emperor Nero in about 66 A.D., He is languishing in a cold dungeon, chained like a common criminal. Unlike previous imprisonments, where it was more like just a house arrest. This time, he's bound in chains. This time, it's a whole lot different. And Paul knew that his work was done, that his life was nearly at an end. So here's a question. If you knew you were coming to the end of your life in a very short time, like Paul was, what are the things that you would want to say to those that you love, to those that you care about? This is going to be one of those awkward, silent moments, okay, where you just have an opportunity to think about that. And I'll get a drink of water. Oh, and by the way, don't be fearful. I won't ask you to to say it out loud. Oh, what are some of those things you would say? Here's some of the things that Paul said. He writes, he writes to Timothy, kindle afresh the gift of God. He writes to Timothy, join in the suffering for the gospel. Teach others who can teach others. Make it really count, those who you invest your life in. Study. Handle accurately the word of truth, the scriptures. Flee. Youthful lusts. Difficult times will come. All who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. In chapter 3, verses 16 and 17, all scripture is inspired by God. 
It is profitable for teaching, reproof, correction, training in righteousness, that the man of God may be adequate for every good work. He says, preach the word. And he says this, bring me the parchments. You know what he's saying there? Bring me the scriptures. He's facing the end of his life in just a short time. I want to have the scriptures in my possession. I read a book recently called Tortured for His Faith. Um, it's by, I think, how do, we, how do I say, Harlem Toplov. Uh, and he was a pastor in Bulgaria. And when communism took over, uh, all the pastors were rounded up and they didn't preach communism, basically. They were thrown into prison. He spent 13 years in prison. For five years, he went and didn't have any scriptures. And somewhere along the line, he saw a guy uh, with some little pieces of paper, and he wondered what they were. And the guy was taking these little pieces of paper, <clears throat> rolling them up, and using them to smoke cigarettes. <laughs> He's rolling the tobacco up in the, in, the, in the little pieces of paper. The little pieces of paper were pieces of the scripture. And Harlan said, I'll give you everything that I have. And at that point, they were able to work a little bit and, and earn a little bit of money while they were in prison so that they could, uh, could buy a few things at the canteen. And he said, I'll give you everything I have. Just, I want to. And, and the guy said, no. He says, no. But finally, as Harlan began, tears just flowing down his, his face, the man said, here, you can have it. And Harlan knew that he wasn't going to have the scripture very long because there were inspections all the time. They'd come in, they'd just turn, turn over the, everything they had, mattress, whatever it was, to try to find anything that they shouldn't have. And so he began to memorize the scripture. And, and I forget is, I forget how much, many passages of scripture he memorized. But sure, sure enough, that, that Bible was taken away. And what he had, he was more of a walking Bible. And able to, to teach others the scripture. The scriptures are so important. At one point in the story, he, he, he found that there is some, some paper in, in, the, in, the, in the, well, what you could kind of call a bathroom or a latrine. And uh, he found there was some paper there as he was cleaning it. And he found it was portions of scripture. And so he cleaned off those portions of scripture. And you and I probably have too many Bibles and Bible versions and everything. And it's just so important for us to take the scripture and to get it into our heart. Paul placed a high value on knowing and living by the scriptures. There used to be an old song that we sang in church because I'm old. You know, it, well, it was older than I am. It was in the 1700s. But, but I sang it back in the 1970s or 80s or whatever. And, and here's the first line. Some of you will recognize it. How firm a foundation, ye saints of the Lord, is laid for your faith in his excellent word. 
What more can he say than to you he has said? To you who for refuge to Jesus have fled. Sometimes we don't know how much we would miss something until it's gone, right? Well, the world's changing pretty quick. Maybe 2016 is a good time to get a start on really getting to know the scripture. So in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, it says that all scripture is inspired by God, or the New, Interna- New International Version says God breathed. It really comes out of God. And so today I want us to do something again, a little bit old school. Mike, this is, you're going to come, come on up here. And we're going to do some, some public scripture reading. Okay, this this goes back to the book of Ezra, where Ezra stood up and publicly read before the people the scriptures. But you and I are going to read the scripture today together. Now, you may have been in churches where you've done that, and today it's going to go really well. Okay, okay, and 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 all of those on this side. Are going to read with me, okay? And all of those on this side are going to read with Mike. And then on the last slide, and I'll indicate that, <laughs> last slide, I'll indicate that, that we will read together. But I would like us to stand in honor of reading the scripture. So we're ready to get started. Okay, the, this is our side. We're going to do it really great. Read it with just as as much enthusiasm as you can. The law of the Lord is perfect, restoring the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true. They are righteous altogether. Moreover, by them is your servant warned. In keeping them, there is great reward. With all my heart, I have sought you. Do not let me wander from your commandments. All scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. Is there any more? And that's it. (laughs) Well, on my list, there was more. (laughs) That's okay. That's okay. 
All right. I, I think what it was is uh, the last phrase there. I was going to have us read together, but but uh, that's all right. Okay, so. Those are good scriptures. Those are good scriptures for us to have in our heart. For us to 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 be able to just get it right away. Well, God's uh, the Bible is the Bible is profitable because it's inspired. It's God breathed. It comes directly from God. Oh. Boy, it's on really loose spots. <laughs> uh, and the Bible is profitable to show us the right path. See, I think of this verse as kind of a roadmap of life. It's God's directions, and it's profitable for teaching, reproof, correction, and training in righteousness. It's profitable to show us the way that we should go. It's profitable to show us when we get off the track, to tell us you've gone the wrong way. My wife does that sometimes. Some t- one, time, one time I was traveling and I didn't have her with me, and this was back in the time of just paper maps, you know. And I'm traveling back from a Billy Graham conference in Chicago or Wheaton area, and, uh, man, I'm just, I'm just going, and, and I missed the train. And pretty soon, and I'm heading to Iowa, okay, Chicago to Iowa. And pretty soon, I see all these signs that list towns in Wisconsin. <laughs> I mean, this is three hours into the drive. And I think, oh, sometimes we can get off track. It's good to have somebody beside us to tell us, and, and Sally wasn't. It's good to have somebody beside us to tell us you're off track. It's one thing to do go from Chicago to Wisconsin and then over to Iowa. It's another thing to go down the wrong road of life and really mess up. And the Bible is there to, to teach us how to get back on the right path. There's a story of a king. Josiah is his name. He was appointed king at eight years old. (laughs) And 18 years later, there was some remodeling that would be done in the temple. And during that remodel, they found the books of the scripture, the the parchments, the, the scrolls. And they presented those to the king. tore his clothes. And he realized the sin that they were living in, the ways they had departed from God. It showed him the way to get back, the way to be on the right track. The Bible is profitable to to show us the right path. The Bible is profitable to get us back on the right path when we get off. Sometimes we we get off the path, right? And then the Bible is profitable to direct us back to the right path. It corrects us. When we have been in error of what God intends, 
It sets us straight. It tells us how to stay on the right path. It's profitable to keep us there, training us. So, quickly, because time is moving on, and because you're ready to move on, we're gonna give you, I'm going to give you ten little scriptural tests that I picked up from somebody a number of years ago. Here's a test for our thoughts, our words, and our actions. One is the purity test. Uh, this would be a great time to have slides, but I didn't give Josh any. So uh, if you want this list, you can email me, and uh, I'll send you the list. Okay. The purity test. The, the scripture that I'd use is 1 Corinthians 6.19. But um, the question is this. Can I do this to the body of Christ? Can I do this to the body where Christ dwells? This, this thing that I'm about ready to do or thinking about doing, this is the purity test. Can I do this to the body where Christ dwells? Because my body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. The participation test is another one. Will doing this take my eyes off of Jesus? You just have to ask the questions and see what the Holy Spirit prompts you with. The polite test. How will doing this affect others? Romans 14 says no one lives for themselves. The partner test. Could I invite Christ to do this with me? How about the public test? Will doing this give the appearance of wrongdoing? The appearance of wrongdoing. The presence test. Would I be ashamed to be found doing this upon Christ's return? The scripture that I would put with that is, And now, little children, abide in him so that when he appears, he may have confidence. We may have confidence and not shrink back from him and shame him at his coming, or be ashamed at his coming. The problem test, Hebrews 12.1, Therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. So will this hinder my walk with Christ? The proof test. Is this good for me physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually? The proclamation test. Will this void my witness for Christ? The peace test. After praying about it, can I do it and have peace in my soul? So the Bible is profitable to equip us for every good work. So I have an invitation for you. I want to encourage you to actually have a plan this year. Call it New Year's resolution or not, I don't care. But I want you to have a plan this year for how you're going to get the scripture into your life. Some of you have wonderful plans you've been using for years, and 
and you've switched them up and everything. So I've used many different ways to get the scripture into my life over the years. But here's the deal. It's not so that you will become more knowledgeable about the scripture. It's so that you will become more intimate with the author. You get that? Not so that you'll just know a bunch of Bible facts, but so that you'll know the God who breathed it out. You might use our daily bread, the U version of the Bible, and your <laughs> that app has just tons of stuff. Uh, you might even just pick up the Bible and read it. You know, uh, uh, read through the Bible in a year. Read through it more than once in a year. Read through the New Testament. Read a few verses each day. Read a psalm a day. Read a chapter in Proverbs a day or just a few Proverbs from a chapter each day and concentrate. let it kind of flow into your life. Maybe choose a short book of the Bible like the book of Ephesians and just read all the way through it. And then read through it again and then again. And let it begin to become part of you. Henry Blackaby, some of you know that name, said this. You never discover truth. Truth is revealed. When the Holy Spirit reveals truth to you, he is not leading you into an encounter with God. That is So I invite you, spend time in the scriptures this year. God bless you. You guys would stand with us as we close out our service and one more worship song together. This is kind of a new one that we're going to do that you might have heard. And, uh